Well, Paul, welcome uh, Monday morning, Rugby Rebels, little pre-Six Nations podcast. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Um, Ireland v England, the big game, obviously, on Saturday. Ahead of us now, and uh, what a year, what a season. Uh, first up, Ozzy, Ireland-England, looking forward to it. Should be should be a great game. Um, Ireland, with the, uh, the upper hand in the last couple of games, will be brilliantly prepared by Joe Schmidt. And should have just enough to withstand an early English onslaught uh, and get a, a close win, probably a six-point win for the Irish. Yeah, who, who are they, they going to pick? That's the big thing about this Irish team. You've got Rob Carney, didn't have a great game with coming back for Leinster, Jack McGrath not brought down to the Algarve. But when you think about it, well, Keane Healy's going to start, uh, okay, but at full-back, I think that's going to say how Ireland play against England. Uh, for me, you know, they've they've caught England out so many times by the, the kick chase game, the pressure game. I think that that's where they're gonna be good. But do you think Carney's gonna play? You got Larmour out there as well. You got someone like Henshaw at Bundyaki as well is another option, but unlikely. Uh, Rob Carney's been outstanding for Ireland. Um he's never ever let Ireland down. He's a big game player, very safe, hugely reassuring to the players in front of him, a brilliant organizer in defence. And brings a certain confidence, I think, to those around him. You'd have to say, really, he's a winner and one of Ireland's yeah. when, winners over the years. When you're around there, a player with that amount of experience, you're allowed a few missed tackles in a in a game where you're just getting back up to terms. But I think the the important thing is, you know, physically, is he right? And Joe and the boys will be able to to study him in camp to make sure that he's, you know, he's not carrying anything because. Against England, you want to be 100% fit. Oh, I don't think Rob Carney misses too many tackles, Paul. I mean, I think if your midfielder doing their job, he shouldn't have to make too many tackles. Mm-hmm. He'll definitely go with Carney if he's fit. The bigger call is probably in midfield, who he plays with Carrie Ringrose. Um, and I think he's spoiled for choice there with three very physical, direct players, which is what Schmidt likes in that 12 channel. Yeah, Bundyaki for me. But again, if they're going to play a bit more kick chase, Henshaw's better that the old dinks over the top by Sexton Murray. You know, he's his his feeling of the ball is so good. You know, and that's that's one thing that uh, might try and get get England off. Uh, but for me, I think Bundyaki just is that X factor when you go up a level, that extra bit of power and physicality. Uh, and especially, you know, Tuolagi's back in the mix for them as well. You've got Ben Tio. They're going to be big and powerful up the midfield. Uh, and Farrell is at 10. That's going to be a physical side. And uh, Ozzy, as one of the, the more Route 1 merchants, you'd know all about that. I think you've been a bit harsh there. Aki's been fantastic for Ireland. But Robbie Henshaw is a super player. Um, he scored a fantastic try against England a couple of years ago. I think if he's fit... Uh, Schmidt trusts him. I think Henshaw's a very smart player as well. Works well with Sexton and obviously with Ringrose. So I think he might go for that unit on block. Um, Henshaw's safe, isn't he? He never makes mistakes, makes the right decision every time. And, you know, he is a very talented player, don't get me wrong. But I just think Aki has that little bit more uh, on the top of his game. Yeah, he has been in the past more likely to make a few errors, but uh, maybe defensively. But uh, by and large, I think that impact he makes, you know, uh, you look at him against New Zealand and sides like that and uh, all of a sudden Ireland become the physically dominant side. Uh, but again, what way are they going to play? Are they going to, is it going to be more ball in hand? Is it going to be pressurised uh, Jack Charlton style? Well, I <laughs> Stick think, it high, put him yeah. under pressure. It's worked against England many times before. But as a coach, one of the great things, you know, as coaches, we've all learned from Joe Smith is discipline. And, and I think 
Bundyaki may get too emotively involved with with uh, the Tios and Tuolagis of this world, whereas Schmidt, I think, uh, will will know that Henshaw will stick very much to his job, won't give away any stupid penalties, um, and I think he uh, he'll go from. And for the Polos, they're they're the boys that make England tick. You know, they get them going forward. Like last season, you know, why were England a shadow of themselves in the previous seasons? I think it's just front football. If they get going forward. And, you know, there, there's no one better than the Vunapola brothers to get you going forward. And I think, you know, look at Saracens as well. When those guys play, they're their top team in Europe. And I think they'll be right up there challenging Leinster if they both stay fit uh, for England as well. Because they got so much pace out wide, England. You know, we, we talk about Ireland's finishing ability, you know, but you look at, at, at uh, England, I think they're, they're superb. I think one area that I, I think they're... They're very weak. Well, not very weak because they never are with the amount of players they have to choose from. Uh, is with Underhill out injured at seven at the breakdown. Um, you know whatever you might say about Rob Shaw's, he's a good club player uh, rather than an international, but he's very physical over the ball. And um, with the likes of those big players they used to have like Haskell, etc. You know, I think that's somewhere where Ireland can maybe dominate, and I think that could be the winning of the game. Yeah, the breakdown's going to be huge. There's no doubt. Josh van der Vleer is outstanding at the breakdown. That's his his job, what he does brilliantly. Yeah, what's your background then, Oz? Uh, I, I would... Uh, well, obviously, Sean, Sean O'Brien is is a shoe-in if he's fully fit. Uh, he, he's, he, again, like Garney, is just a winner with a huge history. Loves a challenge. But I don't think he's going to be fully fit. I think van der Vleer has is, is got to start at seven. He'll be given the role of, of chopping Vunapola at source. Omani will come in and... and and give Vunapola a little bit of uh, of physicality, uh, and I think Van der Fleer can can win the breakdown battle. You're right about Robshaw; he's an outstanding rugby player, probably somewhere between a six and a second row, really, in the modern game. But uh, Ireland will be very well organised at the breakdown. Their cleanouts are fantastic, and again, I remember going back to an Ireland-England game a couple of years ago where the first scrum and Mike Ross did a job on, on Alex Corbusiero and the whole emotive state of the ground, it, it swung in Ireland's favour. So I think they need a really big start. They need to kick off, ideally, into a Vunapolo and, uh, and give him a nice welcome. That's the old Tillman Park welcome, isn't it? Go for the key player, put the ball up on him, go forward and have three or four guys smash him there, make a statement. And and it being at the Aviva, I'm sure that's what they they'll be facing looking to, to, to try and do. Uh yeah, for me, back row, I, I think Van de Fleer, yeah, he, he for me against New Zealand was even more important than Omani. Omani had some huge big plays, but it was a lot of the stuff he did off the ball. Uh it just he just kept going right the whole way through the game, you know, in the last five, ten minutes the the, the pressure he was putting on New Zealand was phenomenal. Even, you know, sometimes in defence, it's not about the guy who makes the tackle, it's the guy who pressurises the guy to make a pass, whatever. That's where Van der Fleer is superb. Uh, and with Shawnee, you know, Shawnee at the top of his game, yeah, he's always a, a shoe-in for me. I don't think he's going to be there at that stage. Uh, maybe an impact player at this stage, see how he goes, and then, uh, you know, looking towards Scotland, which is going to be a tough game in its, in its own right. Uh, and and I guess Shawnee can cover six, seven, eight, which would be great as well coming on. And that that power impact that he brings, um, yeah, I think would be immense. Uh, yeah, I think we agree for one thing. Stander at eight, uh, although Conan had been going well, and injuries though would have would have ruled him out. Uh, Omani's issue in there for six, and uh, Van der Fleer. Well, Conan's an outstanding player, outstanding athlete. Um, 
very good with ball in hand and very good in, in the one-up, straight-up tackles. He, he's probably not as cute as the others around the breakdown, which ones to go for, which ones to, to back away from, but he's getting there, and he certainly is the man uh, for the future. Yeah. Uh, well, second row's last man standing. Devon. Devon's always going to be first choice with Joe as well, but, you know, line-out. When you look at Ty Byrne and Henderson, uh, the line-out didn't function as well together. Two, two key players who are uh, playing very high level of rugby but it's all about certainty of winning that that lineup ball kickoffs uh you know not only that devon is very underrated for what he Absolutely. does in defense yeah. you can't run around him you know i remember against the all blacks again you know a broken field ben smith trying to go around and the go gadget arms go out you're not getting around here you know how long are his arms well you always look at them two meters long you know yeah, he's, exactly. so he's one of the most improved players you always look at teams and you've got to try and see how are they going to score tries a joe schmidt team will score tries off set phase uh, and the guaranteed set phase will come from devon toner at sort of 40 yards 40 mm. to 60 yards out where the english back three have to hang a little bit yeah. if ireland can get ball off the top sexton and his wraparounds or mm. something in midfield they will get a line break. Yeah, James Ryan in there as well. Workhorse. I think he's you know the, he's going to be the constant going forward. But he's he's not at that level yet. I think to be the dominant player, the the toner, the Paul O'Connell style player, who you know you're guaranteed a, a, a lineup man. I think he will grow into that presence. Uh, he, his all round game is improving. You know, nearly game on game. Um, again, they're up against as tough a second row pairing as you're going to have. Who are you going to pick there for England? You got George Cruz back in the mix. Uh, you got a Toje coming in there. Um, it, you have Launchbury for me uh, when he's fit. You, you'd always have on the side. You got Courtney Laws. So you know, are they going to play him in the back row? It's. Uh, I, I it's, think they'll go Launchbury, Toje, Laws at six. Um, and that's that's going to give them a really physical edge. And I think they'll go with Vunapola at eight. And they may even go with uh, with Mark Wilson if he's fit at seven or even six. No, I think Tom Curry will be in there from sale. They'll need a seven on the ground, especially if you're going to play law. So for me, Curry will come in. Underhill, though, with his form uh, in November, you know, that'll be that'll be sorely missed. Uh, second rows, yeah, that's a tough one, but they, they'll rotate between the three. I think you'll get that impact off the bench, uh, no matter who you have starting. In the front row, look, Ozzy, I know you're built like a prop, but uh, I'll take this one if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking <laughs> uh, more like George, a centre, Wally. He's a good, powerful uh, hooker coming in, you know, for Dylan Hartley. Uh, both good operators. Uh, Sinclair, very good around the park. But I still think if, if Ireland really have a go at him, we can maybe upset them a little bit in that area. But they're, they're a very good scrummaging unit. They'll have a big back... Back five in behind our front row, so it'll be hard to budge. Uh, for me, Mako Vunapola is an incredible player. He's such a great ball player. You know, you, they talk about his brother Freddie and you know making the hard yards, but Mako, his ball skills, uh, he can he can knock off tackles, but also he can uh, you know his, his hands and putting people into space. He's such a great ball player, and to have a ball player of his ability on the gain line uh, is huge. If if England, as I presume they will do under Eddie Jones, play a lot of uh, ball in hands, they'll be looking to try and offload a lot and use their pace out wide. So uh, we need we, we need to, I think, really get at them. Tig's really got to get stuck into him as well and uh, try and put a pressure, get them concentrating on the tight game rather than a loose game. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and you, you probably do know a little bit more about the front row, to be fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I think finally, I think that the one area where England can exploit us is out wide. I think they're... Their their wingers are about as who are they going to pick there? You got Johnny May, 
um, who I think is a fantastic player. Kalkatinga is is playing really well for Bath. Uh, although carrying a, uh, an injury too. Jack Now for Exeter again, he could fill in at fifteen. Uh, I guess they're going to you know sort of double guess what Joe's going to do the high ball in. You know who who's your back three for England? Do you think who are going to try and cope with that? We we saw the likes of Watson a few years ago really struggle in that area. England have uh, have worked hard on that, but you know who are the personnel you'd have? Well, I'd agree with you. I think Jack Nowell is outstanding, one of the strongest runners around, and May is outstanding when given opportunity. Again, it's going to come down to them creating opportunities for them. Ireland's midfield defence is brilliant. Gary Ringrose reads the game brilliantly. Uh, it's very he's difficult. He's like Drico, isn't he? He's, he's a bit like Drico. He's, he's got, got the pace to leave player. a guy, have a bit yeah. of an outside and track him down. Yeah. yeah. And it's very difficult for wingers, no, no matter how good they are, if they don't get a little bit of time and space. I don't think they'll get huge time and space. Um, and Keith Earls obviously is in the form of his life. Carney again reads the game very well. Uh, and it depends. I mean, presumably Jacob Stockdale is going to be on the other wing. I, I wouldn't have as, as big a fear that wide as you do. I think the game will be won at the breakdown. Uh, and I think it'll be won, you know, invariably the team with the better halfbacks wins fairly tight games. And then Murray and Sexton, I think, were pretty well set up to win the game. Yeah, who do you, who do you see them putting in a full back then? You know, Brown is still knocking around, but it looks like they they're thinking about moving on. Jack Nell's been playing a bit of full back for yeah, yeah. F- for for Exeter, but yeah, I think yeah, it'd be good I, for Ireland if Jack Nell is there, um, and I think it, it'll give Ireland another another weapon to go at with a couple of early high balls. He is a brilliant player. If he has a weakness, it may be in. His, uh, his high ball and in his positioning, having not had a whole lot of experience at fullback. Yeah, I think Ireland have figured out as well that the way he counterattacks running out wide is a pass. Um, yeah, it'll be, for me though, I think, you know, it'll be safety first experience coming to Dublin. I could see Brown in there, uh, Nowell, who's uh, for a winger good in the air, and uh, Johnny May probably in the other, but still electric. Um, up against uh, Carney, as we said, Earls and uh, Stockdale has been. Yeah. Cracking form again. Yeah. God, have you ever seen a guy with a ball bounce as much? You know, you know yeah, everything. Yeah, but he creates his own look, and he's. Yeah. Uh, but, but you look at the way sometimes he kicks it. You know, there's a little bit of a it's sort of a backspin on it. You know, it does tend to bounce back up. Whether that's intentional or not, I'm not sure. But yeah. a lot of those bounces seem to just go the right way. It certainly confuses crossing defenders anyhow. And uh, yeah, I, I expect uh, I'm tipping him for another big Six Nations. Oh, he's a fantastic athlete. Great pace. And again, like a winger, really opportunistic and has a go. Doesn't think too much about it and he tends to be lucky, which is good. So that's an Ireland win then, has he? It's an Ireland win by six. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, maybe not six. Um, it'll certainly be tight. There'll be, there'll be nothing in it. Uh, breakdown domination, I think, will be where Ireland Ireland can uh, control this game. And uh, yeah, a lot of I, I think one of the big things as someone who's played in in Ireland and England is uh, the guys in England just don't get the same rest that the Irish key players do. And even though there's a few guys carrying injuries, uh, I suppose that's meant they've had more rest and they're coming into this very fresh. Uh, also, the fact that they've been winning games at club level, I think. Um, okay, outside the Saracens players for England. The Ireland players, uh, when you're coming from this winning mentality, I think you bring it into to test mm. level. Right, so then the following week... Uh, well, we've got Wales-France we, as have, well on yeah. Friday. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of that? Wales were good in November. Yeah. Unbeaten. Uh, you know what? Uh, Faletau, he was on his way back looking very sharp. He's injured again. I think he's he's a big loss. 
I do think uh, instead of Moriarty, he would have been the guy that 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 really makes them thick. That they're 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 you still got Alan Will in there, who's brilliant. Still one of the best second rows in world rugby for fifty minutes anyhow. I think he's he's outstanding. Um, they they I think uh, with the leadership of Warburton and all that uh, might have been a bit overstated. Uh, and uh, you know there's some good back row players like Navidi had been in there as well. Um, you look at the back line, the likes of George North. He he's his power play. He's been. Back to form, he's had a couple of pretty poor seasons. You know, this was uh, going to be the greatest phenomenon in, in the Northern Hemisphere. He was certainly on that way in Australia with the Lions. Then a bit of a dip in Northampton, but he seems to be coming right back up to his best again. Uh, I think there's um, yeah, there's real talent in there. I think uh, Gareth Davis's scrum half is the most exciting scrum half in the Six Nations. I think he really makes things happen. Uh, it's... Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's a good it's 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 a very talented side, and uh, of course that man, the fox, Jonathan Davis in the centre again on his day, uh, most creative, devastating player in Europe. So, um, they've got all the potential there. Uh, Gatti's farewell, farewell Six Nations. I don't know, it's going to be uh, uh, against France. Down there, uh, you know more about France, so you, you can probably yeah, get into I, big I was, physical. Uh, we know what we're getting, yeah. but I was out with um, with the Toulouse coaches when they were over in Dublin, and they were there's a little bit of a revolution going on in France that there's uh, um, it, it's a revolution back to what they were doing correct. <laughs> 15 years ago correct. before they tried to yeah. pick the might is right approach. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they, they tried to mimic. Uh, some of the Anglo-Saxon sides and their physicality. They've now there's a big uh, a big return to old French values of keeping the ball off the ground. The pass has has become very important again. Um, guys like Ramos and Intermac at Toulouse, Dupont, um, are, have completely changed the way the Toulouse are playing. Yeah, maybe uh, not Ramos at ten though. As he's no, so but he, he, he can play back, anywhere. Yeah. He can play he's anywhere. He's a fullback, and he's a football. He's very French. Um, Speaking of which, who do you pick at 10? That's always been a problem for France for me. When they're on the road, you know, they, they expect big things. They've got lots of flair players around, but you need that one player to, to dictate matters, whether it's a club. It's a bit different in France, though. Like you know, the scrum half takes on that role a lot of times. Yeah. Antoine Dupont is exceptional. He can play 10 as well. Great. Morgan Parra, yeah, exceptional. But here, Ozzy, as someone who, who supposedly played a bit of 10, well, let's call you a centre who played 10. Uh, yeah, th- that's... That's the thing. If you have a nine who's calling the shots the whole time, you don't really have the full vision. You know, when you're you're, you're stuck at the base of a rock compared yeah. to a 10 who can have his full back, his wingers, his 13 telling him where the space is on. He's, he's He can look back and take that sort of big peripheral vision of, of where the space might be. That I think that's a big problem in France that they, they concentrate too much on the scrum half and then it just means the scrum half is doing a lot of the kicking duties and maybe missing what might be on a bit further out. Correct, but the, the other side of that is that the scrum half can, can manage the tempo of the game very well and slows it down and speeds it up when he needs to. But if the French go and back Conor to Conor Murray, I think Conor Murray does that well. well. He when he needs to, he takes it on board, yeah. but with Johnny there, yeah. Yeah. when Johnny wants the ball, he gets the ball, eh? But I think the French, if they go back to their core principles of uh, not being too well prepared, not being too structured, 
uh, relying on their instinct to find space, relying on their footwork and, and being brave enough to keep the ball alive and keep it off the ground, they could be very, very difficult to beat. Um, there was a big emphasis last year on their defence, which came along. I think they had the highest tackle uh, completion rate in the Six Nations at 92%. So they were relatively happy with their defence last year. The big emphasis now this year is on their attack. So they'll be going back to the old principles of Toulouse, a two-line attack, Pierre Vulpro style. Uh, they'll be keeping the ball alive. And again, if the French get an early a uh, bit of good play and the crowd gets behind them um, they can be irresistible as as we all know uh, and they could be uh, they could be an outside bet but again i remember thinking about the toulouse leinster game they are probably two to three years behind at least in terms of the conditioning of uh, the leinster players and the irish players so that's going to be a problem for them is is finishing you, games. you're right you say about the conditioning and it's uh, interesting the way toulouse had all their big heavy forwards are Southern Hemisphere who are used to playing that high tempo and their skill levels are good when the game breaks open. The big heavy sluggers, French sluggers are all gone. They're all sort of lean forwards now that they have playing there. And uh, I think that is the way forward for France. Uh, but, you know, it's you talk to overseas players who are playing in the, in the big clubs in France and they just say these young players coming through, like a Bastero for one, and they're saying these guys aren't doing the training that you would do no. in New Zealand or South Africa when you're uh, 18, 19, 20. It's different when you're a, a 32-year-old retired, all black coming over. It's all about getting through from week to week. You, you, you've done all your hard work. You, you don't really need to work on your and your breakdown skills and passing skills and all that. It's all about just, just staying uh, in good enough shape to turn up uh, every Saturday. Well, correct. That's it. That's where they lose out. I mean, we see it from... Uh from our rugby and Frenches, you know, the Irish boys, when they go over at under 12 level, they struggle a lot of the time in that the French are, are possibly better further down the track in understanding the game. But our school's cup system kicks in then from 15, 16 on. Our conditioning is outstanding. And there's a culture then of conditioning, eating right and, and sleeping right, training right, which the French, they don't do rugby in school. So they do it through uh, the club. It's a big loss. It's a lot harder to eat right if you're down with the availability in French restaurants, especially <laughs> on the side of France. So yeah. uh, we'll give them that one anyhow. Uh, yeah, so it, 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 Fofana. There he's talking his last. This will be his last Six Nations. Yeah. Will Will he make it? I, I, outstanding him, I think player. He will. Outstanding player. Quick, skillful, very good with Lamarat. Lamarat wouldn't wouldn't get near an Irish team. I don't think he's not quick enough. But in a in a funny sort of a way, he seems to work out very well for France. He's more the profile of a, a blindside flanker, but he he brings huge passion and energy to to any team he's involved in. Yeah, Fico would be the, the the other guy coming in. He's got a bit more consistency since he's playing. Not up sure in Paris. Brunel trusts him. Fico yeah. is hot and See, cold, and when yeah. it goes when the going gets rough, he tends to. Um, go absent it'll be interesting Dumeru is the other he's the constant isn't he he's a solid player but uh, yeah he's a very skillful player uh, with a, with an eye for a gap and a bit of, a bit of gas so and of course Intimac is the the, the, the coming force but I think he's probably still a bit young for him as well Intimac is outstanding um, and Arthur Ituria and they've been playing him on the blind side flank is a, is a wonderful player very good footballer very good line out player uh, and very very aggressive so that's it, Wally. It looks like I think. Uh, so, so who are you tipping for that one? I, I, I think. My heart says France for the game, the beautiful game, uh, rebirth of French rugby. Um, I've had enough of uh, of Gatlin's 
way of playing the game, I'm afraid. So time for France to be rebuilt. Yeah, they, they've been very unlucky. Some really narrow losses, but you know whether it's down New Zealand or November internationals against South Africa. But uh, they, they've done enough to win these games. It's just a case of closing them out. So uh, yeah, saying that, yeah, Wales will have no fear for going down to Paris. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'd probably just go with the home advantage or even a draw on that one. I think it's going to be that tight. Yeah. Tighter than Ireland, England, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Schools Cup, Wally. Looks like Crescent have got a hey, chance. Hey, 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 let's back up there a bit now. I'll see. As, as George Hook would say, back up the truck, isn't it? Well, right? hold on there a second, Wally. You know, let's go, let's stick with the important stuff. Yeah, I suppose you're talking about Scotland and Italy. Yeah, hey, yeah. and we Scotland next week. How, how many times have we gone over, as a player, as a supporter, uh, gone over there and we're convinced that, you know, we have it in our heads that we're going to win in Murrayfield. But little do we know the Scots also have it and they normally come out on top. There was a period of about 10, 15 years where Scotland were really in the doldrums, but they're well out of that and uh, no better man than my old my old roomie from the Lions Tour, Gregor Townsend. He's just done an amazing job at, at Glasgow and I remember maybe even 10 years ago I was just saying, once the clubs start winning a bit like Ireland, then, the, the, then Scotland will start winning and they've certainly followed that mantle and even Edinburgh now are coming through. Okay, it's a good South have African influence on that side. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're not playing too much rugby when it's coming off. Uh, it's only yeah. when it starts going wrong. It's the, your accuracy. Uh, I, last season coming over here, Peter Horn, I thought he was going to be the key player, and his he had one of the worst passing days at twelve. And and it, <clears throat> as you said, tried to play too much rugby. But if the accuracy was there, the space was on. Actually, his brother George as well, I think, is a fantastic scrum half. I don't, I don't think he'd be starting unfortunately, but uh, I love to watch him play for Glasgow. Um, then, you know, out wide, you know, Hogg in particular, you know, he, he's the sort of guy who can make anything happen. Finn Russell at 10. Uh, it, it's the way they play. If they don't play that high-tempo game, I don't think they, they go on to win it. That no. is their game. Uh, and if, they, if their skill levels are good enough on the day, then they're well capable of beating Ireland. But the big thing is, uh, the, you know, I, I think when Ireland come to play Scotland, is the physical side up front. But first up, they got uh, our old friend Connor Mustard O'Shea's Italy. Poor old Connor's onto hiding to nothing, really, isn't he? Uh, it's impossible. Um, obviously, a super coach, super player, and all the rest of it, but uh, a very, very difficult job to change around a culture in such a short space of time. I agree with you on Scotland. Finn Russell's been outstanding for racing mm. this season. He's a brilliant player, but unfortunately, Joe Smith is too clever a coach. Um, he will let them play rugby. He'll put pressure on them. He'll he'll pick key moments to upset them, uh, and he will uh, he'll own the tempo of that game through Murray and Sexton. I I don't think Scotland will beat Ireland. I think Ireland will pummel them into submission. Um, it it's a big uh, it, it, it's a big game, isn't it? For Scotland, you know, still, you know, because Italy's can still get inside their heads. You know, they they decide that are uh, you know they they've had so many of those wooden spoon. Uh, moment and when you look at the way they were talking about Scotland the way they play the game uh, away down in Rome you sort of think you know if you try and force the game a bit too much your first game out uh, Italy can get on top of you then if they grow in confidence then you can make it a tough day out uh, but that said you know a little bit of flair here from Lex Campanero uh, for say but I, I, I don't think Italy are going to really focus and even though they have improved I think on O'Connor uh, every other team has improved <laughs> exponentially price, yeah. greater level. So I mean, uh, you could say five teams could win the championship this year, but Italy, unfortunately, is the one that can't. 
Um, they just don't have it in, in, the, in the locker to do that. So I'd expect Scotland to start and build and try and get to that 10-0, 12-0. And if they do that, then it could be a very long afternoon for the Italians. Yeah. Well, that, that'll set it up nicely for Murrayfield then the following week, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, on to schools rugby. Let's, let's start with the, the, the real rugby. Monster yeah. rugby. Yeah. Crescent, how's my old school looking down there? You've been following the, the school yeah. game quite closely. Yeah, they're looking good. They have a very good backline. They've got a tough draw against CBC Cork, who are of a really, really good side. Um, they've got a. Uh, now, here, 30 years ago, 1989, Buzzgrave Park, we beat the big fancied Christians team with Crescent uh, quite comfortably in the end by about two points, I think, from Billy O'Shea's boot. But uh, yeah. It's uh, Christians. They're they're always big physical side. Yeah, they have a good backline as well. Young James O'Riordan, who you know, are are, are of our era. His son is in the centre. He's a fine player. Um, they've got a a good mix down there, and they have a very deep squad. So Prez are strong as well. Um, Ardskull Reach have good. They've got uh, they've got some outstanding individuals. Um, it's it's really the problem with the cup down there is is that there is only. There is only uh, six teams really that can win it. I believe Bandon uh, are looking quite good. And of course, Glen Stoll after winning it as well. Yeah. I know they've got so such few numbers hard for them to sort of back up. Bandon are great. Game. I mean, obviously, Reggie's son, the, the current Toulouse coach, he coached Bandon, both the club and the school, for the last two years. Um, and they've really come on. I think Munster are very Some jump, isn't it, from Bandon to Toulouse? Well, he's, uh, he wanted to travel and he wanted to expose his family to different cultures and ways mm. of life. He's a bit of an adventurer. Well, no better place than West Cork. Yeah, fantastic place. We were down there with CBC before Christmas and we played them in, in what was a really good game. They beat us. We were, we were um, missing a few. It was a very close game, a six-point game. Um, but we had a wonderful rugby day. We played on an awful pitch in, in torrential rain with wind. It was really old school. And then they treated us to a lovely Christmas dinner mm. afterwards and we'd... Uh, a very nice trip home and a couple of refreshments. Right, then on to Leinster Schools Rugby. Is it, is it the big boys again? I have a nephew in the Black Rock squad, so uh, how are Black best, Rock looking? My this is one of the best ben. competitions in the world, Wally. It's unbelievable. And Rock are looking good. Michaels are under the radar. Mind you, Leinster Schools could never beat Munster Schools in my day. Yeah, but <laughs> this, is, this competition now, there's probably 16 decent rugby programmes in Leinster. Um Michaels are very good. They're under the radar. They're actually, they're they're not making a whole lot of noise. I would think they're they're a slight favourites. Rock are very strong. Uh, Gonzaga are very very good. They won the league. I saw them play out in France at half term. Green they, machine. They play lovely rugby. Yeah. Now obviously for them there's a lot of pressure, and they're not normally an after Christmas team. There's a lot of other things going on in Gonzaga. There's warm weather, chess training programs. There's the pressure of the Debs as well, you know, and obviously the leaving cert. Um, CBC Monkstown. The we're pressure on. of the Debs. Well, no. none of those lads from Gonzaga would have had a whole lot of interaction <laughs> with females thus far. So for them, it's going to be tricky. I know, you know, but, but they are an outside bet. I would like to see them get to a final. Um, CBC Monkstown plays CUS on Friday. That'll be a 50-50 game. Uh, Jared's are good, very good little out half. Uh, ben Watson, they move the ball around a bit. Two really strong wingers. Um, and a good number eight, young Wilson there is a big, strong boy. They take on Newbridge again. Newbridge coached by Niall Smullen, their young side, play a lot of ball. 
Uh, Klongos Wesley, an interesting one. Not a vintage Klongos year. Very good out half in Young Wilkinson. Tim O'Brien at fullbacks, a super player. But Wesley have a chance here. They've they've an Irish schoolboy, um, number eight stroke prop who's an extremely strong runner. They've good halfbacks in in Fitzpatrick and Atkinson. They could cause an upset. Um, Ross Cray Belvedere would be good. Ross Cray led by Lucas Culleton, uh, grandson of the great Jerry Culleton who played for Ireland in the front row, the second row, and the back row, Wally, back in the day. Mm, so the, I think in the Cup, it's, 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 it's going to end up being Michaels, Rock, Ternier, I'm going to say Ross Cray, Newbridge, CBC Monkstown. And I'm missing one, Wally. Which one am I missing? Will advance to the quarterfinal. Ternier, Rock. And, no, I think Ross Cray are going to turn over Belvedere. Uh, and Gonzaga so oh. they'll be the last eight right. so it's all on are, are you a tip at this stage to go the whole way um, Blackrock Michaels one of those two I'll, I'll let you know a little bit more next week and Connacht and Ulster uh, Connacht and Ulster I think we're down to preview next week <laughs> you, bet, you, bet, you better get did some research there Ozzy yeah uh, apologies right well we've uh, We've uh, a big week ahead, so let's start uh, winding up. But before that, we have an interview first with a former English great. Oh, who's this? Mr. Utley? Mr. Roger Utley. Are we going to ring Utley and get him to, to say a few words? Excellent. Okay. We also, uh, we, had, um, we had George Hook wanted to say something, or George, our friend. Uh, were we let yeah, well, well, you know, it's... Uh, it's never a, a full review of a, of a sporting, a rugby event, especially if uh, you don't have George on board. Well, you know, the problem, you know, the, the Irish team, they're very organised. You know, I think for the, the British, the English, let's call them the British coming over here, it's going to be difficult. You know, I think they're going to put the ball in the air, the Irish, Murray and Sexton. Furlong and Healy would be rampaging around in the loose. I think it'll be very difficult for England to get a foothold in this country, unlike what they did eight hundred years ago. And I think we should, we should survive the early onslaught, the passion of an Eddie Jones team. You know, like passion. You know, the American Red Indians had passion. It proved useless against the repeating rifle as employed by the American cavalry. I think in this instance, we've just got too many big guns. There you have it.